much, Pastor Bob. Good to be with you in our series through the book of Proverbs. I hope you have your Bible out or your phone app open where you can turn to Proverbs chapter 9 because that is where we are uh, this morning. We're going through this series uh, called The Way of Wisdom because that's what the book of Proverbs is all about. It's about living wisely in this world. Remember chapters 1 through 9 form one unit which contrasts two arch enemies. Uh, this rivalry is, is bigger than any bitter conflict that we know of. It's bigger than the Republicans versus the Democrats. It's bigger than the Israelis versus the Palestinians. It's bigger than Facebook versus Google. Uh, it's even bigger than the Yankees versus the Red Sox. I'm talking about the, the greatest set of arch enemies to ever exist. I'm talking about the arch enemies of wisdom versus folly. See, at the end of this beginning section of the book of Proverbs, chapters 1 through 9, uh, in chapter 9, Solomon gives us this grand finale uh, where he personifies both wisdom and folly as these two women. Uh, you may remember that the book of Proverbs was originally a manual for the king to train his son to be the next king and ascend the throne and train young men to serve in the royal court or in the royal uh, bureaucracy. And then after that, it was expanded and its purpose was to, to give wisdom to all of God's people, including uh, you and I. And so uh, because the original purpose was for young men, this personification of, of wisdom and folly as women uh, created a vivid word picture and gave us a uh, very unique imagery that's, that's really intriguing. In church history, these two women have been called Lady Wisdom and Dame Folly. Uh, Lady Wisdom is presented as a woman of high class, of dignity, and respect. Uh, Dame Folly, uh, frankly, is presented as a lady of the night, so to speak, and that's about all I'm going to say about that here uh, in a sermon context uh, without getting into more details, but I think you know what I mean uh, by that word picture with these two women. Uh, today we're going to see that they both offer us an invitation. And so uh, this is a very interesting passage. This is a contrast. And as we dig into God's word, let me just ask you a personal question as we begin. Where in your life are you tempted uh, to listen to Dame Folly? Where in your life are you tempted uh, to go down the road of foolishness? What is that specific area that you know is in your life where you need to be listening to Lady Wisdom? Keep that in your mind as you look at God's word uh, this morning. There are two roads. There are two ways. There are these two women. And, and one of the myths of our culture is that there's some kind of neutrality. And the Bible says, no, that's not true. Either you are following Lady Wisdom or you are following Dame Folly at any given moment, on any given day, at any given time. You are making a decision on one of these two paths. 
And so here we're going to see these two invitations, and then we're going to look at four principles uh, to distinguish between these two women, and then we're going to close with a challenge with a, a very practical application. So two invitations, four guiding principles, and a challenge of life application. That's our plan today. Uh, open your Bibles, and let's also uh, ask the Lord's blessing on our time in his word today. Would you pray with me right there at home watching on your couch? Let's bow our heads, let's close our eyes, and, and ask God's help with our time. Father, thank you for preserving your word. Thank you for giving us the voice of wisdom that calls out. Uh, we pray that you would now give us open ears, open eyes, and most of all, open hearts that we might see your word, that we might hear from you this morning. Uh, Holy Spirit, I ask that you would just dominate this sermon and have your way with me and have your way with all of us that are watching and listening um, this morning. We ask that you would take away from us anything that would keep us from hearing from you and that you might also find us to be not just uh, open in our hearts, but also obedient with our feet as we see the way in front of us and we want to walk on this path of wisdom today. We ask that for Christ's sake and for his reputation. Amen. Let me uh, make a proper introduction for you, beginning with Lady Wisdom. Look again at the beginning of chapter 9 with me. Verse 1 says, Wisdom has built her house. She has set up its seven pillars. She has prepared her meat and mixed her wine. She has also set her table. She has sent out her servants. And she calls from the highest point of the city, Let all who are simple come to my house. To those who have no sense, she says, come and eat my food and drink the wine I have mixed. Leave your simple ways and you will live. Walk in the way of insight. That is Lady Wisdom. Keep her in your mind as I now introduce you to Dame Folly. Drop down in your Bible to verse 13. Folly is an unruly woman. She is simple and knows nothing. She sits at the door of her house on a seat at the highest point of the city, calling out to those who pass by, who go straight on their way. Let all who are simple come to my house. To those who have no sense, she says, stolen water is sweet. Food eaten in secret is delicious. But little do they know that the dead are there, that her guests are deep in the realm of the dead. Let's pause right there. I want you to consider this morning that both of these women are in your life. Both wisdom and folly are always calling out to you. And they both are vying for my allegiance. And so the first question I must ask is whether I have the discernment to distinguish between these two voices. Of course I can, Pastor Dave, you may say. Wisdom and foolishness are opposites. They are as different as night and day. Not so fast. You know, in the movies, you can usually tell the antagonist because when the bad guy enters, uh, the music becomes dark and there's a minor chord that's struck and the evil character often has pointy teeth and a maniacal laugh, like dun-dun-dun, The cartoons my kids watch go out of their way to be sure the children know who they're supposed to be rooting for and who should be defeated. That's not the way it is in real life, though. Therefore, the first thing that Solomon wants us to understand is that discerning between wisdom and folly is often anything but easy. Look at our passages. The woman of wisdom sends her maidens to call, verse 3, from the top heights of the city. Yet where is the woman of folly? Look at verse 14. On a seat by the high places of the city. Both ladies are there. Both ladies are well-dressed. 
They are respectable and they are seen in prominent public positions in the central business district where they both have access to the same exact audience, all of the people of the city. Astonishingly, look at the text. Their message is the same. Lady Wisdom says in verse 4, let all who are simple come to my house, to those who have no sense, she says. And then Dame Folly on the other side of the street says what in verse 16? Let all who are simple come to my house, to those who have no sense, she says. Uh, The Hebrew words in these two verses are virtually identical. They both invite us to their feasts. Only wisdom is inviting you out of love and concern, whereas folly is inviting you to use your life and your resources for dishonest purposes and for no good. Solomon's point is that folly often imitates or mimics wisdom. Maybe you, like me, have found yourself at times watching a news or a, uh, watching the news or watching a cultural affairs program where very articulate people are arguing for very sinful positions, and they don't have pointy teeth or a maniacal laugh. I was watching the news a few weeks ago when a, a pro-choice activist uh, was advocating for the right to abortion for any and every reason right up until the, the ninth month and even sometimes after the child was already born. And I can tell you that the person they had on that news program was winsome and persuasive. Folly is very good at camouflaging itself as wisdom so that we would call evil good and good evil. Solomon does not want us to be fooled by Folly's false advertising. And so he gives us at least four distinguishing differences here in this passage between wisdom and folly to help us to choose the way of wisdom and reject the way of foolishness. Did you catch what they were? First, Solomon stresses that a major difference is that wisdom is diligent, whereas folly is all talk. Wisdom is diligent, whereas folly is all talk. Wisdom is action-oriented. Wisdom is proactive, whereas folly is boisterous and and just has a big mouth. Look again at verses 1 through 3. It says, Lady Wisdom builds her house on seven pillars, a foundation for an exceptionally large structure of those days with plenty of room for her guests. Now, what is this house? Some people say this represents the ideal home or the ideal world of a life that's lived with wisdom. Notice the first six verses. There are seven verbs to describe her work. She has first built, second hewn, three, third prepared, fourth mixed, fifth set, sixth sent, and seventh called. She has slaughtered her animals for the feast. She has made great effort. She is busy. She is industrious. She is, she is this, this woman who's teaching us that the path of wisdom requires diligence and effort. And now take a look at Dame Folly. What does she do? In verses 13 through 15, did you notice that there are no action verbs associated with her? Only talking. And she does that quite well. Uh, commentator David Hubbard says in his work on Proverbs, quote, Folly is portrayed as a woman who overcompensates for her ignorance by raucous talk and wanton conduct. She is boisterous. She is loud. Notice, there is no meat. There is no mixed wine. There is no set table. There is no sent messengers. And so, ladies and gentlemen watching, look, this is our first clue. 
If you are facing a decision today and trying to discern between wisdom and and foolishness, I can just about guarantee you that the path of wisdom will be the harder path, requiring real work and real effort and real diligence. Wisdom will often wear you out, but it is good, honest work that will help you sleep soundly at night. Folly, on the other hand, will yell louder and be in your face. Folly will offer an ideal world, but it is a false promise. Wisdom is industrious and busy, whereas folly is full of hot air. The second distinguishing characteristic that we notice from our text between these two women is that wisdom offers permanent provision while folly only offers passing pleasure. Wisdom offers permanent provision, whereas folly only offers passing pleasure. The result of wisdom's hard, diligent work, in verse 2, is a feast of food and mixed wine. Mixed wine was a, a special wine where spices were added to make it even more flavorful. Now, what is this food and drink? What is this feast? Many scholars here see the feast as referring to the rest of the book of Proverbs, chapters 10 through 31. It's a banquet of wisdom carefully prepared for us like a table of food from which we can find spiritual nourishment and healthy choices for our lives. In other words, to dine on this food, to eat at this banquet, is a metaphor for reading the rest of the book of Proverbs and following the wisdom. Here at NBC, our vision is expanding the table for the glory of God. Part of what is on the table that we are offering to our culture is the very wisdom of God. Solomon is saying that just as real healthy food will strengthen your body and satisfy your hunger, even so wisdom will provide a real and permanent provision for your life. It will give you understanding, it will strengthen your relationships, and it will bring God's blessing into your life. Folly, on the other hand, she has done no real work. She has no feast. She only has, look, she only has stolen bread and water. Did you notice that in verse 17? Stolen water is sweet and bread eaten in secret is pleasant. What is this stolen bread? Now, some people see this as a reference to sexual immorality, and I tend to agree with them because you're stealing the sexual partner of another person when you commit sexual immorality. You are not married to them, and so you are, in a sense, stealing stolen bread. We're really not sure. Regardless, this pilfered meal represents the passing pleasure of sin. And so, again, ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters, when you face a decision or a moral dilemma in your life, remember the foolish path will always promise you pleasure, but it is short-lived and it is passing. Now, Dame Folly is correct. There is a temporary pleasure to sin. If sin is not pleasurable for you, you're doing something wrong. There is a temporary pleasure involved with sin, but like a diet that's made up mostly of Twinkies and soda, it will leave you tired and feeling sick. Wisdom is busy. Folly is boisterous. Folly can only offer passing pleasures, while wisdom offers permanent provision to satisfy your deepest hunger inside of your soul. Third, the third difference that's very clear in our text between lady wisdom and dame folly is this. Wisdom calls you to give up, whereas folly calls you to give in. Wisdom calls us to give up, whereas folly calls us to give in. Did you notice that in our text? Let me explain what I mean by give up. In verse 6, Lady Wisdom says, forsake your folly. 
Wisdom asks us to give up what we want for what God wants for us. Wisdom says, brother, give up your gossip. Sister, give up your anger. Give up your plans for immorality. Give up your pride. Give up your greed. And frankly, we don't like this meddling. We prefer Dame Folly, who doesn't ask us to give up anything, but rather encourages us to give in to our fleshly desires and our lusts. Friends, let me say something really important to you. Listen to this. This is really critical. If somebody comes to you and says, blank sin is okay because God wants you to be happy, run the other way. Because that is the voice of folly. She does not have your best interest in mind. On the other hand, listen to this. If someone says to you, brother or sister, you really need to change your attitude because it stinks and it dishonors the Lord. Give that person a hug because that is the voice of wisdom. Wisdom asks you to give up. Folly always encourages you to give in. The fourth and final distinguishing characteristic that we see here in Proverbs chapter 9 between lady wisdom and dame folly is this. Wisdom leads you to life while foolishness leads to death. The reason why wisdom commands the simple to forsake their folly is found in verse 6. Forsake your folly and live. And on the other side, the tragic punchline of Dame Folly's foolishness is that the person who comes to her in verse 18 does not know that the dead are there, that her guests are in the depths of Sheol. Yes, if I would have known that, that would have been helpful, millions of people have said with 2020 hindsight. But it's too late. Because death is final. So Solomon's point is that folly is not cute. Folly is not innocent fun. It is not boys will be boys. Folly is death. Friends, I cannot emphasize this enough. The stakes are very high with wisdom and folly. The Apostle Paul says in Romans 6.23, the wages of sin is death. Friends, God's forgiveness toward us is not a license to sin. For those of us who think that faith in Jesus is some kind of eternal insurance policy so that we can do anything we want in this life, that is not the picture of saving faith in the New Testament. Saving faith bears real, genuine fruit. Jesus said, if you love me, obey my commandments. Sin can have deadly consequences. Let me just give you one practical example. The Bible says that Intimacy should be restricted between a man and a woman inside of marriage. Dame Folly says, how boring, how conventional, how old-fashioned, how offensive, how discriminatory. There is not a more relevant issue facing us in the church today than this issue. Our culture is calling us to no sexual restrictions whatsoever, open relationships and indulgences of every kind. But in the end, that is where death is. The United Nations World Health Agency reported recently that the number of adults and children living with HIV AIDS was estimated to be 39 million worldwide. An estimated 4.8 million, including 600,000 children, less than 15 years of age, become infected each year, and, and also 2.9 million people die each year from this disease. And according to this report, the overwhelming majority of HIV transmissions come from sexual behavior. Add to that all of the other STDs, 
Add to that child exploitation, child sex trafficking, the issues of pornography, and abortion. And what do we have here? It's wisdom versus foolishness. If our world embraces God's wisdom, millions of people this year would not die. It's lady wisdom versus dame folly. It's life versus death. Now, I know that not every foolish choice immediately results in death. Often that is because of the grace of God. But that is where the path is heading. So why would we take one step down that road? That is what Lady Wisdom is saying to us. The question here is this. Will we listen to her? Will we be the kind of person who listens to Lady Wisdom? There are two choices set before us. There's two kinds of listeners here in this passage. There's a contrast found in verses 7 through 12 that lets us know which kind of person we are. Let me close with that section as we draw this sermon to a close. Verse 7, whoever corrects a mocker invites insults. Whoever rebukes the wicked incurs abuse. Do not rebuke mockers or they will hate you. Rebuke the wise and they will love you. Instruct the wise and they will be wiser still. Teach the righteous and they will add to their learning. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. For through wisdom your days will be many and years will be added to your life. If you are wise, your wisdom will reward you. If you are a mocker, you alone will suffer. So as we close today, let me just ask you a question. Which kind of listener are you? Are you the mocker who doesn't listen? Or are you the wise listener? Which path will you take? Which voice will you listen to? What type of listener will you be? Wisdom works hard, and it offers us real nourishment for our souls. It does ask us to give up sin so that we might enjoy an abundant life and avoid disaster and death. Teenagers watching, wisdom calls you to work hard in school. Folly calls for you to slack off, cheat, and plagiarize. Wisdom calls us to eat moderately, where folly calls us to overindulge. Wisdom calls you to be generous, whereas folly calls you to be greedy. In the workplace, wisdom calls for submission to authority. Folly urges you to do whatever you want to do. Wisdom calls for you to hold your tongue. Folly urges you to speak without restraint. Wisdom and folly both call out. The question is, which one will I listen to? Here at the end of the beginning section of the book of Proverbs, Bruce Walkie says, quote, with a stern warning, the sage draws the curtain on the prologue, hoping to provoke the uncommitted to choose the life he offers in the collection that follows. As we wrap up this message today, let me get very specific with you, ladies and gentlemen. Where specifically are you tempted in your life to listen to the wrong voice and go down the path of lady folly? Is it with your tongue? Is it with your sexual behavior? Is it with your money? Is it with substance abuse? Is it with not working with diligence? Where does folly call out to you? In what area have you been listening to her? As you think about that area, I want to give you a very specific challenge today. I want to challenge you to memorize one proverb of wisdom that applies to that area of sin in your life. I want to challenge you to take advantage of this feast of wisdom offered to you in this book and feed your soul on the Word of God. Uh, This challenge, I believe, is one supported by the Lord Jesus himself. You'll, You'll remember when he was tempted in the wilderness with the devil's foolishness, he endured that temptation by quoting Scripture. 
Brothers and sisters, we must do the same. Let me give you a few examples. Perhaps you struggle with jealousy. Memorize Proverbs 14.30. A heart at peace gives life to the body, but envy rots the bones. Perhaps you struggle with sexual temptation and purity. Memorize Proverbs 6.32. The one who commits adultery lacks sense. Whoever does so destroys himself. Perhaps you struggle with outbursts of anger. I want you to memorize Proverbs 25, verse 28. Like a city that is broken into and without walls is a man who has no control over his spirit. Maybe you struggle with self-centeredness and pride and boasting. Memorize Proverbs 27, verse 2. Let another praise you and not your own mouth, a stranger and not your own lips. Perhaps you struggle with indulging with too much alcohol. Memorize Proverbs 20, verse 1. Wine is a mocker and strong drink a brawler, and whoever is intoxicated by it is not wise. Uh, perhaps you struggle with overeating. Consider memorizing Proverbs 23, verse 2. Put a knife to your throat if you're given to gluttony. I think you get the idea. I challenge you just to pick one of those Proverbs this week that applies specifically to an area in your life where you're tempted. Write it down, print it out, keep it in your pocket, keep it on your phone. And this week, memorize and meditate on that feast from God's word and God's wisdom and think about it over and over and over. Let wisdom call out to you this week and listen to her. She is offering you life life to the full. Let's pray together. Our Father and our God, thank you for preserving your word. Would you now turn our ears to the voice of Lady Wisdom and let us hear her clarion call to our lives as she offers us life. Let us listen and not just hear, but also obey. Would you find us faithful to you, walking down the pathway of wisdom? Thank you for this bountiful feast that you have offered to us I pray, God, that our soul would enjoy the richest of fare. Be with my brothers and sisters as we seek to obey you with a life of wisdom. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm going to invite Pastor.